Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Michael, we need to discuss something. Oh, what's that? I mean, we need to discuss lots of things, but what are we talking about right now? We need to talk about Kevin. Oh, that movie with Tilda? No, (laughs) we need to talk about Kevin Spacey. Oh, I mean, when have we ever? He's been canceled for a long time. Did you see that tone deaf video that he posted this past week? No, because there was so much going on on the internet this week that I think it was like, I picked from my horror show of three, it was uh, the terrible video of Ahmad Aubrey. That was something that I never needed to see, and something that the world should be horrified over. And thankfully... Because um, there was such a public outcry, these people are finally being brought to justice in some way, shape, or form. The other thing that I totally missed was the pandemic video, which I only oh, just heard about. I will not be watching that and, video. No. Um, uh, you can disprove everything in that video in a matter of like five minutes. Right. And I just want to slap everybody. So I did not watch the Kevin Spacey video because I chose my horror for the week and um, it really, it left me gutted. I have to say when it comes to those videos like Plantemic or even like posts, especially toward the beginning of this, right? Like I felt like there were so many posts about, well, here's some real information about coronavirus and here's some real information about this but always like the last paragraphs with some like hard leaning political slant Mm. something and I'm like no you're not credible this is an opinion right you know what I mean like I saw members of extended family posting it on social media and I just was like I don't have the energy to engage about this or like I'm sorry but I can't take the time to tell you why you should care about where your information comes from. Right. In the same way that I cannot take the time to explain to you why you should care about other people. You right. know? You should just... Um, you should, because you just should. <laughs> you just should. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
it makes me think of this definition of freedom that I heard in high school once, which was freedom isn't the ability to do whatever you want to do. Freedom is the ability to do what you want to do. There is a lot to that that I do agree with. Mm. Freedom is the ability to actually have a world where we, because we're choosing kindness and equality, that we can actually like make a world out of it. Right. But back to Kevin Spacey yeah, for a moment. Sorry that we went into the dark corner there. Well, you know what? This is what life is. Yeah. At this and point. I actually it's think like, it's important that it's talked about and not mm-hmm. shoved under the rug because there are so much going on in the world where people are being incredibly selfless and people are really stepping up to the plate and doing what they need to do. And, and then you have people that are the complete opposite and we don't live in a vacuum and we have to be able to point out where these foibles are and point out where these atrocities lay because we can't live like this i i I will kind of say that and, and then we can talk about kevin because kevin is a part of the problem he is a part of the problem he released a video that was you know what i don't exactly know what it was for but essentially, I think it was self-serving is what it was for. I mean, he compared his experience losing his career for being a sexual predator to those who have lost their careers due to COVID-19. Mm. And I was like, I'm sorry, of all of the like X's to come out of the darkness at this time... Right. You are not one of them. No. You are not welcome here. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I no. bind you, Kevin. I bind you, Kevin, from, from doing, doing harm against others harm and against harm against yourself. yourself. I can't yeah. stand it. It literally was like, well, all of you knew that in 2017, like, you know, in a matter of hours, my career was over. And I'm like, you laid the groundwork for that right. girl for years right. of being a horribly disgusting sexual predator right. for years years so no don't compare your experience facing the consequences of your own actions to those who are have lost their careers due to a pandemic that they have no control over right so no yeah so literally just because the same thing happened to you and them does not mean you can relate to each other no and you are not the same (laughs) <laughs> you are not the same. No. And also, you are not welcome here. No. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Goodbye. Back to the shadows with you. I'm looking for adventure. I want to follow on the trail. Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel, you can open your eyes And open your heart when you gaze At the National Park at the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you there Hello and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. 
And as you can tell, our audio sounds a little different. I am currently on the studio microphone. Mike is on a cell phone microphone that we have, you know, adjusted to make sound as great as we can because we are still following the stay-at-home orders of the state of New Jersey. That's correct. For a whole nother month or so. We are living in this pandemic and we are doing what we need to to get through. Part of that, as much as we would love to see one another and have human interaction, we are doing what we can to flatten the curve and do our part because freedom is what you ought to do as opposed to what you can do. Correct? Did I get that right? Freedom isn't being able to do whatever you want to do. Freedom is being able to do what you ought to do. And we ought to stay home and deal with it and not go to the beach with 15 of your friends and not wear a mask or not go to the Christopher Street Pier or not have a party with 20 other people. (laughs) The meth ball. You know what? Here's the deal. I don't even want to get into that. Okay. But you know what? We're getting into it, girl. All right? This is cold open part two, guys. Cold open part two, because this is the world. Apparently, a bunch of gays had a party in New York and, uh, like, hired a DJ and, like, a bunch of people went and all of them got found out about and, like, people started posting all their names. So, everyone who was at that party has deactivated their Instagram account (laughs) now. And so, I called you and told you about that. Like, that was ridiculous right yeah it's ridiculous no it's not the time yet no listen i know we want to have circuit parties i know you want to put on a tank top and you know like dance around with Mm -hmm. a vodka soda but now it's not the time you can do that at home you can do that at home with people on zoom with your cats and a lamp you can right (laughs) right or your plants right but let us now fully leave the world where we are right and travel back in time (laughs) travel back in time and immerse ourselves completely in capitol reef national park yes please capitol reef national park is located in utah Mm -hmm. and we went to utah on our first national park trip right and on that trip we went to six parks we went to zion bryce arches canyon lands then we dipped into arizona and went to the petrified forest and the painted desert and then also the Grand Canyon. Right. But why, oh, why did we skip Capitol Reef? Because in all of our research that we did ahead of our trip, and I think at this point we had actually bought a guidebook for the Golden Circle, which is what that circle of parks is called there. The guidebook was like, if you have to miss a park, skip Capitol Reef. You don't need to go it's okay to miss it. And we're like, okay, you know, it is what it is. Our time is short. We're teachers on a week long break and we're going to do what we can in this week. And it was also our first trip. So I think we kind of leaned into as much of that pre-research as possible. Not that we don't still do that, but I think we really were being guided by that guidebook. And I was like, hey, this book says we should skip this and everything else seems amazing. I guess we can skip it. That is the reason that we bypassed Capitol Reef on our first trip. This trip to Capitol Reef happened in April of 2019 during a trip to Colorado. We spent some time at Rocky Mountain National Park, which you can hear all about in season one, followed by Black Canyon of the Gunnison, which you can hear all about here in season two. We were staying in Montrose, Colorado, or Colorado, you know, <laughs> if that's how we're going to say it yeah. now. If you're the Mount um, Rose American the teen princess. Teen princess. <laughs> I yeah. knew it would come up at yeah, some point. Yeah, well, duh. We were staying in Montrose, and we were staying with the wonderful and beautiful Karen, who was our Airbnb host that we absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. We had considered, we were like, okay... 
Black Canyon at the Gunnison is technically the closest to Capitol Reef. Well, it measured up to every other trip that we were taking. So, you know, the rest of that road trip, and, and there are some forthcoming episodes in this season and the next, included Mesa Verde and then Great Sand Dunes. Really, every park in Colorado was about a three to four hour drive between them in the way that we were doing them. To get to Capitol Reef in Utah, it was about the same amount of time. So when we were looking at it, we thought, hey, we missed a park in Utah when we were there in 2017. Why don't we try to hit that park? That meant, of course, we wanted to get there and make the most of our time. So we left very, very early in the morning from Montrose. That morning, we had breakfast with Karen because Karen was kind enough to wake up and join us. She was like, I'm not letting you leave without saying goodbye. Like, I'm going to get up. What time are you leaving? And we were both like five. And she was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I will get up at five and I will see you off, which was incredibly kind and totally unnecessary. But in the two days that we got to spend with Karen, it was like, oh, you're automatically family. So I'm really glad that we get to say goodbye to you in the morning. It was really, really nice. And so we got into the car and we set off on what would be a four-hour drive. Yeah. In order to do this four-hour drive, essentially we had to drive all the way back into Utah through Moab, Mm -hmm. where Arches and Canyonlands are, then turn literally off of a road in Moab take this road for like another 80 miles and that would bring us into Capitol Reef. Right. As per usual, Utah was the most stunning place the whole time. What a beautiful drive the (laughs) whole way. It just like doesn't get any better, I don't think. I don't understand it. (laughs) I will never not enjoy driving in Utah. No, it's, it's quiet and it's pretty desolate, but it's beautiful. If you were thinking about oh, hey, I want to see some sites and see some parks for the first time, or I want to see something really beautiful I've never seen before. Utah is a great place to start. It totally is. It may ruin you for all other national (laughs) parks, but it's incredible. And so we spent a lot of our drive just kind of, I think, reminiscing about our past trips, especially Mm -hmm. since we were driving through Moab. And, like, we just, like, kind of waved because Moab was great. I mean, I really enjoyed being in Moab and being able to explore around Moab. So, Oh, my goodness. So much. So much. Thinking about it now and wishing we could be there. (laughs) Right. I know. Me too. Oh, I think everybody's wishing they could be somewhere right now that's not their home. We will soon. At some point, it will happen. So we had some context for Capitol Reef. Right. But not much. No, we had some people that had reached out to us to tell us about some things to do in the park. Some listeners at this point who were like really Capitol Reef enthusiasts and they were excited for the fact that we were going. We knew that we should hike some specific things. Um, We also knew that we should get some pies at some point because that was something that was like a big thing. And we knew a little of the history of the park, but not too much. I remember we stopped at a gas station, probably like 20 minutes from the park, if that. And there was, I think it was a Dynaco gas station, because there was a big brontosaurus outside, right? 
Yeah, this was the gas station that was inside of the giant boulder. Right, like they the just boulder gas station. inside of a yeah. boulder. Or the store was inside the boulder, not the gas station yeah, that's itself. What I mean. Yeah, the store. I think I was driving this day. From there, we drove into the park. It's really like sort of the landscape shifts in a very strange way. And it becomes very almost like hilly. Doesn't feel mm-hmm. mountainous. Like everything is kind of small or shorter and rounded. And you're driving in on this road. And then you kind of come to this bend... And then all of a sudden, the high cliff walls come up again. Mm. We were in early morning light, you know, so we were getting there at like nine o'clock ish, probably closer to 10, just from stopping and things like that. But this light is just streaming in and it just is gorgeous. And I think the both of us were awestruck. And with that, let's take our first break. So we are playing The Vault today. If you've never played The Vault with us before, we are going to each give um, one another a category and we're going to have to put three things into a vault and everything else from that category will never be seen or heard from again. Your vault category is three characters from Saturday Night Live. Ooh, this is tough. I know. Um, I think it's going to have to be Kristen Wiig's Judy Smallhands because Mm -hmm. like that gives me Mm -hmm. all of the giggles all of the time. Will Farrell's um oh my god I can't remember his name he's the sports announcer. Yes. If the moon was made of cheese norm would you eat it? I know I would. It'd be delicious. (laughs) (laughs) If you were a hot dog would you eat yourself? It's Harry Carey. I think probably Tina Fey's Sarah Palin. Because I mean, it's not a character, but it it's a yeah. I think I think I have to go with that. Great, great. What about you? <laughs> for the same question. Yeah, for the same question. Um, oh, from Kristen Wiig, it would ha- it would definitely be one of them from Kristen Wiig. I would put in, you know, the carrot. Oh my, she can't play <laughs> password. Like she's so terrible oh, at playing password. Right. Like, I'm an actress, and the words are right. my fuel, and it is right. I perform the word. Right. Like, right. I don't know her character name, but kills that character, me. yeah, that's great. So her, uh-huh. I would also put in Cecily Strong's The Girl You Didn't Want to Start a Conversation With at a Party, mm-hmm. who is an update character, right? Oh, I think I need to amend mine, actually. I know she, the ball hasn't been her, closed. But. Oh my god, that character is so funny. Mm-hmm. Seth, there are children out there who don't have parents, and those parents don't have children. <laughs> like, the character is this thing, it's like, it's like the person at a party who has the tone of being really informed, but the words right. they are saying make no sense. And then finally, I think I would have to put in Debbie Downer. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Debbie Downer's just so funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there we go. My amendment is Kate McKinnon playing the woman who was abducted. I put her in over Tina Fey. I'm sorry, that will forever make me cry. Oh my god, yes. That is my favorite. That is a genius piece of comedy right there. (laughs) Genius level. Genius. Genius indeed. And that is The Vault. So Dusty, why don't you tell us a little bit about Capitol Reef National Park? Great. Capitol Reef National Park is located in central Utah, often the least visited Utah park because it is not located near 
Zion or Bryce, which are in the Southwest, Mm -hmm. nor is it located near Arches and Canyonlands, which is in the Southeast. Right. It was established as a national monument on August 2nd, 1937, and then established as the National Park December 18th, 1971. So that's Leo and Sagittarius. Fire. Ooh, fire. Fire, fire, fire. That makes sense. Double fire. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Capitol Reef was preserved because uh, essentially of the water pocket fold. Okay, what's that? So Capitol Reef is about 60 miles long. Mm-hmm. It in, it's about like 326 uh, square miles, okay. but it is about 60 miles long and about six miles across. Oh, okay. So it's pretty narrow. It's a narrow north to south park. The water pocket fold is like a single feature that the park preserves. And so similarly, like how Grand Canyon National Park preserves that one canyon, mm-hmm. Capitol Reef preserves this water pocket fold, which was cut by the okay. river millions of years ago. Why is it named Capitol Reef? This is exactly from the NPS, which is early settlers noted that the white domes of Navajo sandstone resembled the dome of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., prospectors visiting the area, many with nautical backgrounds, referred to the Water Pocket Fold, which is an 87-mile-long ridge in the Earth's crest, as a reef since it was a formidable barrier to transportation. So that's where it gets the name Capital Reef. Because it's capital O-L, not A-L. O-L, like the Capitol Building. Let's talk about the atlas that we always have with us. Okay. Let's talk about the husband. Let's talk about the husband. <laughs> so my cousin gifted me the beautiful... Rand McNally 2019 Road Atlas and National Park Guide, which we mm-hmm. usually have with us when we're on the road. What's great about this is that there is two giant pages or more sometimes chock full of information about each park. Mm-hmm. This is literally the first thing that is written on this page. In the center of southern Utah lies the Water Pocket Fold, a 100-mile-long geological masterpiece with colorfully striated Layers of rock that look like brushstrokes from the master painter. Our advice, don't skip or just quickly pass through less visited Capitol Reef when touring Utah's five national parks. This park's features are just as stunning as Bryce's hoodoos, Zion's cliffs, and the arches and canyons to the east. If we had only had our friend Rand with us on our first trip, we may not never have skipped. Right. I think we just like we're just like what the he- what the hell did we do? <laughs> right. Why did we set ourselves up for failure? Why like did we this? set ourselves up for that? Seriously <laughs> right. though. We had just started to drive ourselves into the stunning magnificence that is Capitol Reef. And the first thing that we did as we entered was we wound our way to the visitor center in the Fruta section of the park. There are different sections. This was the section that we kind of concentrated in while we were in Capitol Reef. It's the most common section that people focus on when visiting Capitol Reef because there's a lot of day hikes right near there and the majority of the trails are there. They have 15 different day hikes in Capitol Reef. And I have to say, this is one of my favorite visitor centers we've been to. Right. Because there was a gorgeous recreation of the entire water pocket fold right there in the center of the museum section. Yeah, it was a good visitor center. Maybe it was good because you also got your like favorite t-shirt there. <laughs> it is absolutely my favorite t-shirt. 
It is this green Capital Reef shirt that is just so beautifully designed. I was mm-hmm. like, and there it is. That's the t-shirt of my dreams. You know, while Dusty perused the shop and also found our park patches, I am one to typically get online and talk to park rangers. So I actually got a lot of really good information from the rangers about so many different hikes that were possible that if there were more time, we would have done like all of them. There was a really cool hike that left right from the visitor center. You would have to hitchhike and we had had, you know, poor hitchhiking experience. Well, I think at that point we had no hitchhiking experience. Oh, you're right. We did gain some hitchhiking we experience did. in Capitol Reef. You could either park your car further out and then hike along this wash trail back up to the visitor center and then like get somebody to drive you back out, which would be hopeful. And so there was a thought of doing that, like maybe the morning of the second day. And we mulled on that for basically the whole day. But we were able to get some really good starting information. One of the things that the rangers recommended to us was also, if we had time, to visit Goblin Valley State Park, which was a little north of Capitol Reef, which we saw signs for on our way out. And Goblin Valley is supposed to be incredible and we just we didn't have the time to do it it's definitely like when we visit capitol reef again which is sure to happen this will definitely be a part of it you have to drive by it if you wanted to drive from capitol reef over to arches and canyon lands mm-hmm. which we had to basically backtrack to on our way out yes we yeah. did So we, like, saw the sign and, like, waved goodbye to Goblin Valley. We did. And (laughs) we also, I mean, because we were so close to Arches, I was like, do you want to go back and hike the Devil's Garden? And you were like, you know I do, and you know we don't have time. I know. And we didn't. So we got some trail information from Mm -hmm. the people at the, from the rangers at the visitor center. And we it gave just, us a lot to think about. And then mm-hmm. we quickly realized like, oh, Capitol Reef is like gigantic. There is yeah. a lot to do here. This is not just, I would argue that like, you know, you could spend just as much time in Bryce Canyon and Capitol Reef. Capitol Reef is much larger. Mm. And there's a lot of driving between different trailheads. And there's a lot more ground to cover in Capitol Reef. The only way to do Capitol Reef in a single day is if you hustle and you just know that you're not going to see everything. And I, you know, what you said about there being driving in between things, yes and no, because there are points where you can link up with other trails. And like, that's what's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's what happens to us for the most part. And the section that we were in was actually, it's very compact for the most part. There are a few spots that you do have to drive to. We could have spent our entire day just hiking in this very centralized location because that's where there were a lot of hikes to do. We got to the car. I'm pretty sure you put that t-shirt on. You're like, I'm wearing this right now. Um, did I really? I think you did. You're like, I oh. am putting this on. I think so. You were just enamored with it. And we decided that the thing that we were going to hike first was out to Cassidy Arch. That meant that we had to take a little bit of a drive there. It wasn't terribly long. But it did involve some rough road. Actually, there's a lot of unpaved road in Capitol Reef. It just, that's part of terrain there. So we got in the car and we were like, all right, we are headed. We wanted to park at like the southern end of the Grand Wash Road, Mm -hmm. right? Or the Grand Wash, essentially, which is another trail. So we took the road that 
was headed north and south from the visitor center. And um, we headed south. A listener had told us that there was a place to buy pie. And we were like, <laughs> oh, okay, great. We'll keep our eye out for that. We saw the pie shop and we saw, you know, some other things along the way. And we were like, okay, great. Things to note for later. Right. Because we didn't stop right then. No, we came back. We did that after. We kept driving and it's like a gorgeous, gorgeous, picturesque drive to the southern end of the Grand Wash because you're just like, you're driving right along the like water pocket fold the whole time. And like, it's just, you're looking out, you're right. There's like vast, sweeping, giant, beautiful desert land with like all this beautiful sandstone. And to your left is the, is a giant wall. We were like, oh my God, like this is the place of dreams. Because we had just come from Rocky Mountain National Park, which was just snow and forest. Mm -hmm. And then we had. And then Black Canyon, which, you know, kicked our ass. So we were like, we were ready for a change in terrain. We were ready for Red Rock again. (laughs) We were. That's true. We were. We were living for that Red Rock. Oh. (laughs) I'm living for it right now, thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Such a special place. Yeah. So we get to the southern end of the Grand Wash, and we park. And that did involve, like, some dirt roads that we had to navigate, and then we right. finally got there. But the well, signage also, was really clear. Right. Well, it also involved... The parking lot was very full, because it was a very small lot. And it involved parking on the dirt road that led to the parking lot. Which, if you read the signage, is not recommended because that is a flash flood area. <laughs> it's like, if you if there's any danger of rain, your car could be swept away, essentially. I mean, it's the same, like, you know, if you're yeah. hiking the Narrows in Zion and it starts to rain, you're like, oh my god, I have to literally turn around and run as fast as I can to get out of here. Or if you are hiking the Kilalao Trail <laughs> on Kauai. <laughs> Same thing. And so you need you to cross get that river. stuck on one side yeah. of the river. Right, exactly. Right, right. So this was something that obviously mildly concerned me because, you know, I definitely checked my weather app like 30 million times to make sure there was no threat of rain because I was like, what if the car gets swept away? Like, It's uh, a rental. It's a rental. <laughs> what will we do? Right. But um, we quickly dismissed all that and we like got our sunblock on and we geared ourselves up and then we turned ourselves onto the Grand Wash because in order to get to the trail for Cassidy Arch, you have to start on the Grand wash a little now, bit to describe the grand wash yeah. a little bit it's like it's a really wide trail right mm-hmm. and flat the entire time you're and basically s- like in a canyon essentially yeah and so like there's a giant a very, wall yeah there are two giant walls up like on your left and right and like they're right. just beautifully striated canyon walls and it's just like a dance and interplay of light and shadow because of the way like we saw the light we saw then was different from very different from the light we saw in the afternoon, obviously. Absolutely. Right. And so this was, you know, early morning light because it was like now, what, 930? 10 o'clock, I would say. Something around there. The sun is just like coming up, hitting things at an angle. And so in order to start toward Cassidy Arch, the way you start is by like you duck off of the grand wash trail Mm -hmm. and then you start heading up from the southern parking lot of the grand wash as you walk in the trailhead for the cassidy arch is to your left Mm -hmm. so we took that which meant we were headed up 
like along the side of this wall toward the Cassidy Arch. And with that, let's take our second break. It's time for Drag Queen Corner. And who is our queen for the day? Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Cassidy Arch. Cassidy oh, Arch. hilarious that we... Right? Right? I mean, it was... I think she, that's the... F- she has to appear in this episode. Oh, of course. I think that's the first thing we did, too, when we saw the sign, because there was a very prominent sign off the Grand Wash for Cassidy Arch, and we're like... I think you even were like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Cassidy Arch. So how could she not appear in this episode? How could she's she here? Not? She's here and she's beautiful. She is. I feel like she is a redheaded queen. And I feel that way because of all the red rock in Capitol Reef. I feel mm. like Cassidy Arch is a redheaded queen. Mm. I feel like she's like an Italian redhead, though. You know, because oh, she's sun-kissed. She's oh, not beautiful. like an Irish. She's not an Irish lass. She's like Northern Italy. I think she also is a ballet dancer. Mm. Similarly to the way Brooklyn Heights from season 11 drag race, like often would come out on point shoes because Mm -hmm. I think that's where she gets her name, her arch from. Oh, I see. So she does things in point shoes sometimes. But I also feel like there's an element of um, acrobatics because she is doing all these like... um, arches and backhand you know like i feel like it's all different like things wrapped in it's dance it's gymnastics Mm -hmm. it's acrobatics it's aerial like she's she's got it all going on so she and aerial Mm. aerial view is that her name sure aerial view yeah yeah they have a show together they do what song would be cassidy arch's song she would she would sing i want to be with you from save the <laughs> last dance no 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 that's not from save the last dance that is from center oh stage. it's from center stage yeah another great hollywood dance movie from like right. the early aughts i, I love that be I, with you right <laughs> right sung by miss mandy moore uh, miss right. mandy moore mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I like that idea. She would do mm. like a beautiful aerial show. Oh yeah, to that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels right, and I feel like there would be some sort of Georgia O'Keeffe element to her wardrobe. That's fair. It's the Southwest. Let's do it's this. The Southwest. So let's do it. Right. So, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Cassidy Arch. Okay, so we are hiking up the trail that's going to bring us to Cassidy Arch. We've gotten there from the Grand Wash. It is uphill at this point in time. It's a pretty steep uphill, too. was, but to me, there was, I and I mean this, there was no part of me at any point in the day that felt fatigued by incline while in Capitol Reef. Well, lest you forget, we had literally just, the day before was a day where we were nearly murdered in Black Canyon of the Gunnison. There is no comparison right. Right. to the incline of Black Canyon of the Gunnison. Right. There was also, I'm sure there there has to be, I'd be curious, I don't know it off the top of my head, there must, be, must have been an elevation change too. You know what I mean? I'm wondering if our elevation was slightly different. So like, just air and, you know, circulation was a little bit better. I don't know. I think our hafe was not as strong as <laughs> when we were in Capitol Reef. 
Right. Which, um, if you haven't listened to our Rocky Mountains episodes, we hafe. are talking about... Freaking hafe. High, I forgot about it. <laughs> high altitude flatulence expulsion. Ooh, yeah. That's what it is. Because <laughs> we were both so gassy, and we were like, mm-hmm. why are we like fart machines suddenly? And it was because right. hafe. It's yeah, real. Hafe. It's it real. is a real thing. Yeah. And that acronym God, word doesn't hafe. sound terribly, <laughs> you know, that's not an attractive word. Oh, no. I was like, when you said it, too, I was like, this sounds familiar. I'm just going to agree with you for a second. And then, like, I was like, oh, Hafe. Yep. Yeah. And Hafe. Oh, my God. And Hafe. <laughs> you know what? I think the incline was so tremendous because I just remember feeling not after very long, like, that we were already so incredibly high up. Like, we gained so much ground so very quickly, despite this very steep incline. Very immediately, I remember saying to you, I was like, this is the kind of trail I dream about in my dreams. Oh, I think like, we both like lived our best lives. We in were this just moment. like, because like, it, it turned and it had like, you know, right. we were right along the edge. And then you were like, I mean, it was... There were dead trees for me. <laughs> there were dead trees. There were stairs. There was flat sections. Like, as you're headed up the side wall, it was just like, sometimes there was a bit of a switchback, and then sometimes it would flatten out. I mean, it was right. very much playground kind of trail that one dreams about. Right. And All so the way up mo- to Cassidy Arch. Right. Well, and for most, you know, for this initial part, we are within the Grand Wash. Like, we are facing the opposite wall of the wash. So you could actually see there was like a little like outcropping like across the way where you could see people that were very, very tiny, but were there. Like I still looked at that map and I was like, where are they coming from? Like I was wondering if they were off trail or if they were in a back, like some sort of backcountry hike. I couldn't figure out how they were over there. Um, and I still like looking at the map and not really understanding how that was, but you were able to see people across the way. Um, eventually you do kind of make a right and sort of round and go up. So you are like sort of parallel to the parking lot and the road. So you're no longer in the wash section. Like you are continuing to travel up, but you are traveling up like with the desert to your left, essentially. Yes, and yeah. it's sort of like you're on top of a mesa. The trail is, you know, there are some people on the trail. There are people that are coming back towards us, mostly. Cassidy Arch is interesting because it can be a there and back hike, but you can also add on to it. Clearly, there were people that had hiked out, must have gotten there very early, and hiked back, because um, we did see a number of, of folks coming back. Now, at this point, we were using our poles because we didn't use them in Black Canyon on the Timichi route. So, and because the incline was pretty steep and we were working with Slick Rock, I, th- I think we both felt like, yeah, let's break the poles out and let's have them with us. So this was really very helpful to dealing with the incline. I just remember like after the initial incline to sort of like get you up to like the highest part of the elevation and on this trail, like mm-hmm. it's sort of even down. And then it would be like a little up and a little down and a little right. up and a little down. Right. You know, a lot of what happens too is that for the first, I would say like maybe half of the trail, you're, you're kind of winding around a wall. The trail itself is pretty wide for being like on the ledge of something. I remember there were a few times where we would like dip in 
and down and then loop around and come back up and then go continue basically to hedge in the direction we would have if we were able to bridge that gap. So there was a lot of that that was happening too. And thank you, Utah, because everything was marked with Karen's. It was so easy to know where you needed to go next because you're essentially like on top of giant open rock face. If they weren't there, it would be hard to know where to go. This hike has three parts. The majority of the hike is the first leg, which is like from the Grand Wash all the way up to what I'll call the intersection. Then beyond the intersection, which brings you from there to like essentially what is Cassidy Arch and then like the area that is Cassidy Arch. Mm -hmm. So this was leading us all to this one intersection and this intersection, it did link up with other trails. This is to where, you know, after you've come out of this like sort of like canyony area where you're hugging the wall, like, and you're kind of in the shadow, like this is where the sun comes back. And I think I just remember feeling like, oh my God, the sun, like the sun in Utah, like it was, it was cold, like in the two parks that we were just in. Like, so this was like such a treat for us to like, just feel the warmth of the sun. But you are kind of in this very open, flat, rounded, like hilly, like very smooth stone area. So Dusty's totally right. Once you get here, it's Karen mania. Like Karens are everywhere to mark your way. NPS has created like rock borders to like alert you not to go this way, even though it looks like it could be a trail to like continue going this way. The vastness when you get to the section of seeing everything from the height you're seeing it at Uh. and the magnitude and the sheer size of everything plus the beauty, it's kind of hard to take it all in. Like that's the best, like I can't even really get it out and verbalize it. You hear me tripping over my words right now because it's beautiful. And what I loved about this area is that there were a couple of times where we had to climb over boulders, Mm -hmm. giant boulders. Yep, you're getting your leg workout in now because (laughs) and your arms because you got to like heave yourself up over this rock. We were all like, wait, how do we do this? Like, where do we put our hands and feet here? The reason those Karens are there and the reason they have those stones is the rock essentially just cascades downward and you're walking along a slanted rock. And if you go a little too far to your left when you're headed out to Cassidy Arch, that's all. Goodbye, you'll slip and fall (laughs) right down into everything else. Porky pig yourself right out of there. That's all, folks. There were definitely people that, like, at this point, we were keeping, like, sort of neck and neck with. There were some people that were clearly, like, booking it to Cassidy Arch, and we were not moving slow, but we weren't, like, booking it, because we had just gotten there, and we were really taking this in. But, like, all the cuties were out, and they were shirtless. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> and we, I had said, I was like, if it gets hot enough, we might have to do some shirtless hiking. Right. And be those people. Right, and be those people, which we're not usually, but, you know, no, whatever. We're not, but whatever. Live your Utah fantasy life. Why Utah not? who knew. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally do get out to Cassidy Arch, which is this giant open area and there were just people sitting all around. Cassidy Arch is something that you see from the opposite side. Like, from down on the ground, you can't really see it that well. I'm not as well as, like, the view from up top. 
Well, if you think about, you know, arches are formed in a bunch of different ways, and it's clear that this one was formed as like a bowl. It's basically a, a giant circular chasm that you can kind of stand around. It's it's pretty vast. And you see the arch from opposite where the arch is. Like, you have to, like, look at it from opposite where the arch is. And in order to get to the arch, you have to, like, walk around what is the perimeter of the bowl. Right, but you're not seeing the arch. You're just there for the photo opportunity, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're standing on top of the arch. So from the slick rock where everybody is, you can look down into the bowl and see the arch on the other side. Now, a lot of people do this, which is they stand like right above the arch and they take a photo standing in front of uh, on top of the arch right they have somebody across the way take the photo for them um i saw this and said absolutely (laughs) not frozen panic frozen panic you can do it if you want to i I was like i did i was like you can do it if you want i know i was like i'm actually more i'm like more thrilled by like how beautiful just the shapes of it were and I was just like snapping photos like left and right of just the arch and I was like how to do it when people weren't on it like so it was just like nice and um nice and pristine and then there was this gentleman next to us who he was like it's really it's really pretty wide over there you have about six feet and I was like (laughs) no no thank you girl that's like six feet too little for me thank you right so now there is a thing that I think a lot of people fail to do. I think when I first got there, I continued walking. So you can walk past Cassidy Arch or past the chasm. And the the landscape slants up. So I continued to just walk to see because there wasn't like a... It wasn't anything. I wasn't putting myself in, in danger in any way. Um, it was still pretty wide and it was still pretty vast. So I walked up to a point where I felt safe because there is this pretty big slant and I could tell beyond it was just kind of vast openness, but I didn't know what was below. And holy cow, like, I feel like this is a view that not a lot of people take advantage of because it is, it's, it's Cassidy Arch is kind of like, you know, it's the headliner and like here you, you know, you have the opener is off to the side here. And so I went and saw the opener first and then came for the headliner after. Like, I was the guy that showed up early to the show. And it was great. It, it's so, it was so vast and so beautiful. Um, and at this point, you, you know, are fully sitting in fear, looking at the arch, <laughs> and <laughs> munching on peanut like, butter. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was, right. we were munching on peanut butter. Right. Because I was like, it's time to eat. I believe, I think I started talking to this guy sitting near us. It was an older gentleman and right. his wife. Yeah, I can't remember. She had walked out and he took a photo of her or something. Right. He goes, oh, do you guys want to go out there? I'll take your photo. And I was like, no, I'm good. And then that's when he started like, it's really, you have more. And I was like, "Mm -mm, no, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. And you don't need to. I mean, you can if you want. Right. I didn't feel compelled to actually do that. So therefore, I'm not going to do it just for the sake of having a photograph of it. I can take a photograph of other people on top of it. It's (laughs) the same as if I were on top of it. Right. You were there. You know it. We were there. And it was beautiful. All right, Dusty, let's put this hike on the Karen Stone scale. So the distance from the trailhead all the way to Cassidy Arch is about a mile and a half. So if you did it as a there and back trail, it would be a total of three miles. We ended up only just going there and then making our way back for like three quarters of a mile to like head off on another trail. On the Karen Stone scale, where would I put this? 
I think I would say a five. And okay. I'm saying a five only because, again, we had just come off of the Tamichi route, which was a 10 out of 10. <laughs> 11. It was the healthy incline and a fair distance, but it wasn't too far. So that's why I give it a five. I'm going to say a four for those reasons as well. Um, I just felt like this was a kind of rejuvenating hike after sort of the things that we had done in Colorado at this point. Not that those things were bad, that I just really enjoy Utah hiking. And I've, I think that that's kind of like my standard, which is bad because I don't live near Utah. <laughs> but I, I really do love it. I really think it's accessible. Um, I think that most people probably could do this trail. The incline would be the hardest thing, I think, in the beginning. And then maybe just like navigating some of the slanted rock in that second section. I don't think it's so difficult that it's impossible. Like, I think this is if you were with your kids and you were very care, like if you were carrying your kids or like if like your kid was old enough to hike and you trusted that I would I would think this would be a hike to do with your kids. Like, I feel oh, like yeah. it, it's like I a family type kids, hike. Kids. Yes. Yeah. Especially because the distance isn't that long. So I'm going to say a four. Great. Let's play some Jeopardy. Great. We always end our full-length episodes with two rounds of Jeopardy-style trivia, because we both are gigantic fans of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Collectively, we have written over five billion categories (laughs) of Jeopardy-style trivia. From the time uh, when we were witches in Salem, Massachusetts. right. Exactly. Right. I would love to start with mine today. Oh, great. Fine. Are you ready? I am ready. My category is called Almost Before and After State Capitals. Great. Well, didn't we think about similar categories, but I didn't do state capitals. So. Look at you. Recently on an Instagram Jeopardy, we almost wrote the same category. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the day where it actually happens, where you and I right. legitimately write the same one. But I think mm-hmm. there's so much, like, we have so much brain share. That's the thing that's going to get in our way one day, though. Right. Like, because we're going to be like, oh, I'm thinking of this. Oh, I bet you he's thinking of that. Right. So I'm going to go to choice two. Oh, right. he might think of choice two. So now I'm going to yeah. go to choice three. And if yeah. we all, the three of us all, the three of us, if the two of us all go to choice three, <laughs> right. that's when it's going to happen. Right. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. For 100. The fifth installment of this young wizard at school series and this southwestern capital city sandwiched between California and New Mexico. What is um, Harry Potter and the Order of Phoenix, Arizona? That is correct. (laughs) Great. Beautiful. 200. This northeasternmost state capital and the featured boulevard at the entrance of Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. What is Augusta Main Street, USA? Yes, there you go, there you go, there you go. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the end of it. 300. This biblical tale about a young man in a cave of wild cats and this mountainous capital near the Rocky Mountains. I know it's Denver, Colorado. It's is it Joseph in the Lions, Denver, Colorado? No, shoot. I, no, this is where my had, Bible. He had the Technicolor dream coat, Joseph. Yeah. Um and it wasn't Jonah cuz he was in the whale. Yeah, he was in the whale. Is it another J name? Mm-mm. No. No, it's a D name. 
Debadiah. <laughs> no. No. Daniel. Yes, yes. Daniel and the Lions, Denver, Colorado. That is correct. That is correct. But Debadiah. Debadiah, jeez. Debadiah is a new drag queen. Yeah, she is. She is some kind of way. Okay, are you ready for 400? <laughs> I am. I'm good. The capital city of the U.S.'s smallest state and this common karaoke duet. What is Providence, Rhode Island in this stream? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so good. That's great. And finally, Giggles. 500. Yep. This event in New York and maybe other cities where people dress like this jolly holiday figure and just get drunk and stumble through the streets and this New England capital city sandwiched between Maine and Vermont. Is SantaCon the first part? Mm hmm. Oh, what is Santa Concord, New Hampshire? That is correct. Well done. <laughs> I was like, damn, what is that state capital? <laughs> you nailed That's that category. Great. Good. Debadiah. <laughs> Debadiah. Debadiah does Dallas. <laughs> yep. There, there it is. There That's our phone. That's the name of her show. So we were thinking similar things. What a surprise. Um, my title is um, Capital Reef. And this, I will be naming a world capital, uh, like a capital city of a country. I made it easy for you. Calm down. Yeah, You'll you be said fine. that last time you were like, oh, I, I have an entire category about a Pearl Jam album. <laughs> and I'm like, I know a Pearl Jam song. It wasn't Pearl Jam. What was it? It was R.E.M. <laughs> Same thing. Also, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Pearl Jam. Oh, she, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. The reason they named themselves Pearl Jam was because he had an aunt named Pearl who always made jam. <laughs> there we go. So, for that, there you Wait, are. Wait, is that, is that true? Yeah. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. That. Yeah, that's how he got yeah. his name. They, or Great. they got their name. Great. Things that I knew today, or found out. Okay. Capital Reef. This North American capital city has plenty to do and not just in the warmer months not only can you take in some of the city's most important cultural sites like parliament and the rideau hall the seat of the prime minister you can skate along the world's largest outdoor skating rink and even take in a professional ice hockey game played by the senators is this canada's capital which is Mm -hmm. ottawa correct okay great there we go ottawa there you go you'll be fine okay for 200 This sixth largest European city within the Eurozone is an important center of music and opera. Known for its coffee houses, wine taverns, and cultural events like their Christmas market, it was also the home of Sigmund Freud. What is Vienna? That's correct. Very good. That's correct. Exactly. For 300. This South American capital city is a thriving metropolis, which is flanked by the Pacific on one side and the Andes on the other, several hours away, that is, in both directions. It is the country's largest city. Take the Palacio de Rio Audencia, which houses the Natural History Museum, or visit the home of poet Pablo Neruda before leaving and traveling north to the Atacama Desert or south to Patagonia in this very skinny country. Is it the capital of Chile? Mm-hmm. What is the capital of Chile? 
<laughs> what is Santiago? Got it. 400. This Middle East capital city sits on an island off the mainland in the Persian Gulf. While starting small and exploding with the pearl trade in the late 19th century, this city has become incredibly modern. One of the features known the world over in this country are the various islands which are man-made and shaped into different configurations like that of a palm leaf or of the globe. What is the I have no idea? Okay, so we were looking for the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, and we were looking for Abu Dhabi. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So we're, this is tough territory now, though. Okay? I'm, I think, I'm aware. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think you'll be fine, right? Like that Pearl Jam album <laughs> <laughs> Jeopardy you gave me. I think you'll be okay for this last one. This Asian capital city sits not far below the 38th parallel. And it's giant metrop it's a giant metropolis where modern skyscrapers, high-tech subways, and pop culture meet Buddhist temples, palaces, and street markets. The city has also twice hosted the Olympics, once in the summer of nineteen eighty eight and most recently in the winter of two thousand eighteen. Oh, what is Seoul? You got it. <laughs> This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about Capitol Reef National Park and the other national parks spoken about on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. And that's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on our website and on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer was Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in Capitol Reef National Park, that we are on the traditional lands of the Ute, Paiute, Hopi, Navajo, and Zuni peoples. Tune in to our next full-length episode, all about the Frying Pan Trail at Capitol Reef National Park. <laughs>